for listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A great Friday show for you. We're going to break down that golden wedding last night on ABC. I've got a lot of thoughts about it. And then on the back half of the podcast, we are going to talk about Laura Owens. Why? Major news that Dave Neal broke on his YouTube channel yesterday. And for me, I had a back and forth on email with Laura yesterday. I'll fill you in about that. Good stuff today. We'll get to all that momentarily. All right, so let's talk about it. The Golden Bachelor wedding last night. <laughs> a lot of little things that happened, a couple, I guess, big things that happened. Uh, the first thing we saw when they first opened the show, Jesse Palmer, as I reported to you earlier this week, or maybe it was the end of last week, I said, look, I heard that his wife was going to be due any day I didn't know what his role was, but he was supposed to be the efficient. And I think once we got closer and he realized his wife could be due any day, they couldn't take a chance that his wife goes into labor. So they needed to make uh, Susan the efficient. And she did a great job. She was really funny. And everyone likes her. So I don't think they – and the reason that they had Jesse you know, open the show, he's the host of the show, have him do that. And if his wife would have gone into labor at any point last night, you had the backup of Kathy and Charity who could have just taken over the show and in and out of commercial breaks been your host. So it was like Jesse was the host, but then he had correspondence with the microphones, which was Kathy and Charity. So I see what they did. But it looks like the information that I was given last week was right. Like Jesse did not know when his wife was going to deliver. And as far as we know, um, as of this recording, I, you know, I don't know. But it looked like she was fine last night. She was texting him during the show. And Charity and Kathy, you know, doing the red carpet walk or whatever you want to call it, even though it wasn't red, um, interviewing people as they come in. And this wasn't like very y – you got to remember on their interviews, it wasn't like, hey – Look who just walked in. Let's bring them over. I mean, anybody that was going to be interviewed was pre-planned by production. They allowed certain people to be interviewed and not just anybody that happened to walk by. Of course, the people in the background seemingly wanted some camera time. And, you know, I noticed a lot of people kept standing behind where the camera was. But, yeah, all this stuff. This is a two-hour television show that was segmented out, so everything was timed as well as they could do it. And they did a decent job. You know, we haven't had one of these weddings in a while. I talked about it a couple days ago. Like, what was the last one we had? Was it? And I'm talking about a, a wedding like this, where the whole show was one person's wedding. Not Kenny and Mari. Not um, ho not Holly. Um, Carly and Evan. Uh, not, you know, Lacey and Marcus. You know, these... These weddings down in paradise. I'm talking about we are televising somebody's wedding from the franchise. Maybe it was Tanner and Jade. And that seemed like years ago. Like This is now something to where we just haven't seen one of these in a while. So you've got to remember, it's a televised wedding. Everything has to be timed out as well as they can. Obviously, you can't... Um, you can't on live TV, some things are going to run long. Interviews on the red carpet and stuff like that. Charity and Kathy probably had earpieces in and said, all right, you got you to gotta wrap this up. All that stuff. It was timed out pretty well. It looks like the only thing we missed was first dance because going into the last commercial break, 
Jesse said we're going to have the bouquet toss and the first dance. Well, we got the bouquet toss, but we didn't get the first dance. So we did miss that. So maybe that was timed out wrong. But let's backtrack before we get to the end here. I think the biggest thing in the pre-show was we found out that Caitlin and Tasha were both there. After what happened earlier this week and everything going on online and Caitlin saying on her podcast that she now feels that Jason uh, is basically the idea that they're going and Caitlin is saying that Jason is, you know, going to the victim card and playing that. I mean, look, when Jason made a comment about the new year starts on January 2nd, at no point when I heard that and saw that he said that at no point did I ever think that was any sort of shot at Caitlyn. So Caitlyn on her podcast said that yesterday, that she felt that he was playing the victim card, but she didn't give it any details. So I don't know what she's referring to. She can't be saying he's playing the victim card with that statement about the new year starts January 2nd, right? It's got to be something more than that. But again, she didn't go into details and left us all kind of hanging. So maybe we'll find out more moving forward. The fact that they were both there, and obviously we can only see what the cameras showed us. My guess is those two never spoke to each other. If you did see some of the Instagram stories that were going online last night in people's Instagram accounts, Caitlin and Tasha actually did sit at the same table. Um, it seems like I, d- I, I doubt they spoke. You know, maybe stuff will get out and reporters that were there because you know people was covering it ew was covering it maybe stuff will get out but um i think the odd thing is that you know not only were Tasha and caitlin there just so happens on the week that all this stuff is going on and the rumors and the innuendos was the fact that they were back at the place where Tasha got engaged to zach like that was the resort it was the la quinta resort and spa where they got engaged so that must have been kind of weird for her and as far as I know, Tasha didn't bring her boyfriend. He, she didn't bring Luke. And I got to believe that felt a little weird for her. How could it not? I mean, you're, you know, this is you were on the show. You were the lead. You got proposed to at the end on those grounds. And now you're back watching a wedding and you're back having to deal with Caitlin being there. Someone that clearly there is something going on and they are just obviously keeping away from each other. So I thought that was quite interesting. Probably the biggest thing that happened last night was the fact that Braden proposed to Christina Mandrell. You know, Braden said after he got back from Bachelor in Paradise, Christina slid into his DM. So that would have been around July. And here we are in January and they're already getting engaged. Look, anybody can get engaged at whatever time they want. It's whatever. To me, though, and I and trust me, I totally understand this is a television show and nothing about Braden proposing to Christina was organic, meaning this was all preplanned. Like the producers knew he was doing it. They had to carve out some time in the schedule. They probably went to him and asked him or he went to them. We don't know who went to who, but he might have said, hey, I, I want to propose to Christina. Could I do it? After it happened, Jesse had to inform us that, hey, just to let you know, Braden did ask Gary and Teresa if he could do this, and they had no problem with it. So in terms of the whole etiquette thing about it, it's a television show. I totally get it. And if you got it approved by Gary and Teresa, okay, fine. The thing is, 
it didn't have to be done last night. You know? I'm sorry. To me, you don't do that. I understand it's Gary and Teresa, what do they care? They're getting paid by Amazon and all this stuff, and they're having all this free shit paid for. Fine, let Braden and propose to Christina. But if I'm Braden, I, I didn't find anything about that proposal remotely romantic. First off, as a viewing audience, we don't care about them. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with them, but we don't care about them in terms of they weren't on a show together where we saw their relationship develop. If this is something to where two people that were hanging out on Paradise decided to do it, it would make more sense. And I think the audience would be a little more attracted to it. It's just two people that we found out at the very end of the season when they wrote on the screen, oh, Braden found love with Christina. It's like, okay. And if you're Christina, was that, I mean, whether she knew it was coming or not, I don't think it matters. It just, getting proposed to for, you know, two minutes and squeezing it in on a segment on somebody else's wedding day? I mean, you know, whatever. I, I wouldn't have done it if I were him. I think there's a lot of people that feel the same way. And regardless of if Gary and Teresa said, oh, yeah, go ahead, do it. It's fun. Like, I understand. There's nothing. There isn't a giant negative. I just think it shouldn't have been done that way. If I'm Braden, I I guess I'm saying if I'm Braden, I don't want to do it that way. It just, there was nothing romantic about it, honestly. Uh, you know, it just, and that, and that's just me. I mean, maybe some of you think it was incredibly romantic. I didn't. I just think. If they're, if that's really what he wanted to do, uh, it just shows that he's kind of, you know, they obviously played it up for the cameras, and it was done. It just the production value of it was so poor. It was given very little time on a two-hour show. Just like, I don't know, do better. <laughs> like it just could have been better than that. As I mentioned, Susan was a great efficient. She was very funny, but it's her job. I mean, she's very good at what she does. Threw in some good jokes there. I thought she handled it well. I think the biggest blunder or the biggest blooper, whatever you want to call it, in regards to the wedding itself was the fact that after everybody walked down the aisle, they said, all right, we'll be back right after this commercial break. And as they pan back, you clearly see Teresa standing there by herself behind all the chairs, literally blowing a kiss to Gary. He can see her like that's not the way <laughs> weddings work, right? I haven't been to a wedding in about. I don't know, five or 10 years. It's been a while since one of my buddies got married. They've all been married for like 15, 20 years. But, I, you know, like you're not supposed to see your bride until she walks down the aisle. And I understand it's a television show and you got to take commercial breaks, but why wasn't Teresa hidden? Why wasn't she around the corner when they went to that final commercial break and then right when they came back? Then she comes out and walks down the aisle. Everybody stands up and looks. For all we know, during that commercial break, everybody that was in their seats turned around and saw her and already knew what she looked like. Like, I don't know. It's just, it just could have been done better. That was just, I have no problem with commercial breaks. I understand they were had to take commercials. But maybe you rearrange your commercials better to where she didn't have to stand there for five minutes and when we saw them cut away going to that commercial break, she's literally blowing a kiss at Gary. Like, he saw her. That's not That's not right. That's not supposed to happen on the wedding day. But, hey, um, 
first wedding they've done in a while. Let's cut them, cut them some slack. Other than that, I think it went smooth. Family said uh, a lot of nice things. They showed us footage of, of them getting all ready. I mean, it's pretty much what they've always done when they've done a wedding. We always see them meeting with a wedding planner. We always see them families meeting. We always see bachelor, bachelorette parties. Like, this was really nothing. It's just been so long that I think people forgot how they do these things. So I thought it went well. The end, like I said, seemed like we missed the first dance or they didn't time it out uh, good enough or maybe things ran long. But the Dan band being <laughs> being the band for the music, I was that was surprising. You know, them from uh, old school and um, the hangover. Uh, very, very funny stuff. But I was just surprised they got the Dan band. But. Yeah, it was it was it was a good show. You know, if you if you follow the season, I'm really curious to see what the ratings were. You know, I really want to see. I mean, we look, we know that his finale drew 9.1 million. I guarantee this drew more. You know, we'll find out what the overnight was on this and and whatever the case may be. But I'm sure it's going to draw probably, if I had to guess, 12, 13 million. That's going to be my guess. I have no idea, but. I never thought in a million years that his finale was going to draw 9.1 million people. So that's what I'm saying. Add a few more million. I don't know. But all in all, I'm sure they're happy with the way things went. You got a free wedding paid for. A bunch of the alumni that were there clearly were flown out and got put up in hotels. So it's a little mini vacation for them. But, uh, yeah, no, it was great. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed it. And, you know, it was a nice little show to wrap up the first Golden Bachelor season ever. Now we get to talking about HelloFresh. You get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. They say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. It's my most important meal of the day, even though I don't eat it every day. And HelloFresh agrees. In fact, they are giving all you subscribers free breakfast for life. That means every time you'll enjoy a totally free breakfast item, every single HelloFresh delivery gives you. Now, that is worth waking up for. For me, as I said, I'm not a great cook. I don't like to cook. But when these meal plans come to me, we've had Green Chef in the past, and now Green Chef is owned by HelloFresh. So now you get a wider array of meals to choose from. I think it's great. You guys will love HelloFresh, especially with that free breakfast for life. So go to HelloFresh.com slash RealitySteveFree and use code RealitySteveFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription service is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash RealitySteveFree with promo code RealitySteve. Also, this podcast brought to you by Microdose. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at Microdose.com, promo code RealitySteve. It's available nationwide. That's Microdose.com, promo code RealitySteve for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com, promo code RealitySteve. So yesterday I had mentioned the fact that Dave Neal was going to have something big coming down the pipe. And what it's turned into is this. Remember, the last update we had in regards to the Clayton Laura Owens case was she 
had filed a motion to dismiss. Like she says, uh, her her lawyer filed a motion to dismiss, saying, "Hey, my client's no longer pregnant, so nothing to see here. Let's just eliminate this whole thing." And you know, as I gave you that day, my opinion of that day I was like, "No, no, no, no. It doesn't work that way. You can't scream from the mountaintops for six months straight. I'm pregnant. They're Claytons. I have twins." And then all of a sudden, you just say, no longer pregnant, and try and move on with things and get everything dismissed. No, no, no. Not when you've harassed me and Dave and Clayton with your emails and Clayton with your texts. No, 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 no. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. So we were just all waiting, like, well, what's going to happen next? Her lawyer wanted to have this whole thing thrown out, dismiss the whole thing. We don't need this. We don't need any sort of jurisdiction over, you know, in family court. Why should we do it? There's no family involved here. Well, Clayton's lawyers responded and absolutely hit a grand slam. Now, their filing in court, Arizona court, was 59 pages long. The last 40 of them are all exhibits that they gave to the court to show them exactly what Laura has been doing. Her Medium article, the Sun article that originally came out, emails, text messages, everything. Um that she has been doing for the last four months were exhibits. And those took up 40 pages, like I said. But the first, the filing and what Clayton's lawyers and their their case that they're building was about the first 20 pages of that case. And now, I guess, again, we just sit here and we wait. And it's like, okay, well, let's see what happens next. It's in the Arizona court's hands. What I can tell you, though, is this. If you want to hear more about it, you want to hear what the lawyer said, I, I, you know, sitting here and reading, it's, it's, I've always said that Dave has such a better medium than I do when it comes to this case, because he is a video medium on YouTube. He can put the actual court documents up on the screen. He can scroll and read them to you. If I just read them to you over audio, it would just be, you would, I think it's just easier to follow if you have video. And plus, I'm not going to read you 20 pages of a court case in court documents. But what I am going to tell you is if you're interested in this, you got to go watch Dave's YouTube videos from yesterday. He split it up into two parts, part one and part two. He goes over everything that Clayton's lawyer said in their filing to basically be like, no, 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 no. She does not get to say we're dismissing this. And the, he reads the letter that Clayton's lawyer wrote to Laura's lawyer, which absolutely obliterated them. I think it's kind of, you know, you look at the timing of that letter. It was December 27th. And then we find out a few days later that woman is no longer Laura's lawyer. So it's almost like, you know, I begin to wonder. I don't I don't know the exact details because I'm not privy to the conversations that Laura had with her lawyer. But I now see what Clayton's lawyer wrote Laura's lawyer and you're looking at it and you're just like, oh, my gosh, if I'm Laura's lawyer and I see all this, you wonder when Laura's lawyer took over the case, did she even know what Laura has done for the last four months? I don't think she did, because <laughs> when you see that letter and you see, you know, Dave reads it, I, you just got to go check out his YouTube channel. OK, um, it, it it's so detailed and. You know, like I said, we talk about this case when something new happens. Well, yesterday, those court documents became public, and now we can talk about it. Well, the other thing that happened yesterday is Laura decided to email me. Remember, the last time she emailed me, it was basically just to formally tell me 
and formally give me a cease and desist. Stop talking about me. Stop talking about me. Stop talking about this case. Stop talking about my pregnancy. While this was when she was still pregnant. It was a couple weeks ago, remember? I told you that. And I told you, I didn't tell you, I didn't read to you what she wrote me, but I read to you what I wrote her back. And it was basically, absolutely, Laura, I will stop talking about this. Prove to me you're pregnant. Well, never heard back. Two weeks of absolutely nothing. But I get an email from her today. Or excuse me, yesterday. Um, as you're listening to this. Thursday, she sends me an email. And it was basically three more paragraphs where she didn't address anything that I said in my original email about prove your pregnancy. Basically, it was just to tell me, hey, please don't talk about this case anymore. Essentially was the gist of it. I mean, she went into other things, but the gist of her email, her first email, because there was another one, the gist of her first email was, please don't talk about this. There's some very private stuff in those emails and in the text messages and blah, 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 blah. She's like, it's public record, Laura. If you didn't want anyone to talk about this, maybe you shouldn't have gone to the fucking sun in the first place. But that's neither here nor there. We're well past that stage. Then I wrote her back and I said, and I laid into her again. And I said, what a surprise. Don't hear from you after I responded to your last email with two emails. Don't hear from you until now. And you still don't address anything that I say when I ask you questions in my email. You just continue with whatever narrative you want to get across. Then she responded back to me and basically said, well, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can't even, I don't want to sit here and read her email to you, but she tried to actually address the questions that I had. And once again, it was typical Laura Owens fashion. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm reading emails that were written by chat GPT. I really do. It's just a lot of big words and a bunch of, you know, veiled threats. And it's just like, again, Laura, you're not answering the questions that I ask. You know, she's literally still disputing little to no fetal DNA is different than no fetal DNA. Like, we're literally discussing this. That part doesn't even matter anymore. Didn't address what not pregnant anymore means. Just... Like, she just dances around every issue. So, at that point, I'm just so fed up with her. I wrote back, after she wrote back a second time yesterday, I just wrote back and basically said, we're done. We're going to let the air, you know, I don't believe you. I, I think you've lied for 31 weeks. You were never pregnant. I know it. You know it. We all know it. I said, it's in the Arizona, you know, you've, you've put your spin on it once again. I called her a con artist, and I said, it's in the Arizona court's hands now. Good luck to you. You're going to need it. And that was a gist of my second email because, you know, I could sit here and obliterate her email sentence by sentence, phrase by phrase. The things that she says in these emails, it's it's pointless. It just goes in one ear and out the other. She comes back and she has an answer for everything. You've known this for four months. So I just get, you know, I just gave up and I said, I don't believe you. Um, I can read you my second email to her. That's fine. You know, um, only because. It's it's shorter and it's basically after she, you know, sends me an email that doesn't really address anything. And I say, Laura, the way you twist everything to fit your narrative is beyond embarrassing. Your email is a joke. You were never pregnant. You never address any specific questions about it. And we all know the truth. Zero remorse for what you've done to the legal system and to Clayton's life. I expect nothing less from a professional con artist. So I'll just let the Arizona courts take it from here. 
Can't wait to hear the final results of all this. Good luck. You're going to need it. That's what I said. And that's it. I don't expect to hear back on that. I don't want to hear back from her after that because it's just a bunch of spin. Spin control, big words, you know, and doesn't address the exact questions. Like she's literally like in the email. I can't I'm not going to read it to you what she said to me, but she literally is still claiming she was pregnant. That's all I needed to hear that she has not gotten to the place. My first email back to her yesterday was letting her say, you know, again, I just almost pleaded to her. Just come clean. Just come clean. So many more people will respect you. You'll get a big burden lift off your shoulder. Just come clean and admit you made the whole thing up. Nope. She came back with, you know, trying to prove that she was still pregnant. It's unreal. So once she tried to, you know, say that, and once she said in her email that, um, you know, still trying to prove pregnancy to me, not even prove pregnancy. Again, she said she was pregnant, yet backed it up with nothing other than words like I'm just supposed to take it you know I'm supposed to believe it so so that's it you heard the email the last email that I just sent her yesterday very short and to the point it's in the Arizona court's hands now and if a judge in Arizona does what they should do she's screwed plain and simple like she she has no idea what she's in for but you know what at this point this woman is so far off the rails and so far gone in terms of living in reality I hope the Arizona courts throw the book at her. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. Sports Daily is going to be up in an hour from now. We've got your picks for this weekend and some other sports stories to cover. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back on Monday with another Daily Roundup. I appreciate you listening, and I will talk to you on Monday. See you!